Recorded live. Welcome to the game. I'm Russ Cohen. We've got Nico Riesgo. Nico, how are you? Russ Cohen, my man. And Michael Jello, how are you? Hi, Russ. I promise not to steal any of the show. <laughs> so let's get right into it. Nico, you played more baseball than Mike and I put together. I've been playing softball for about 30 years, but I only played hardball until I was about 13. And then once one more one more um, go at it for some semi-pro ball, and, and that was it, and that was a quick run. It was just a camp. So when I was listening to sports radio here in Philly this morning, and they were almost sort of like trying to diminish what stealing signs means because, again, if, if, if you're stealing signs to me and you're a hitter, there's a nice advantage knowing – what's coming. Yes, it doesn't mean you're definitely going to hit it, but when you're sort of sort of swinging for location, that's a big deal. And then if they're stealing signs, obviously, for when someone's stealing or things on the base path, then that's a great advantage, right? It is a great advantage. And every player is looking for little clues uh, mm-hmm. to get the edge. I mean, that's just the game. I mean, it's been a part of the game for hundreds of years now, and uh, it's going to continue to go on. And actually, it's because it causes a lot of tension because once players find out other teams are kind of stealing the signs, then, you know, that's when you see um, players getting hit by pitches and things like that. Now, the Apple Watch hasn't been around forever. Now, we know about the 51 World Series and the and the telescope, and that was on the edge of almost, like back then, that was technology. And that was almost on the edge, to me, of too much cheating. But I have to tell you, Nico, with the Apple Watch, to me, it's 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 gone beyond just, what you might pick up sign-wise from being on base or whatever for stealing. Like, I think it's it, it shouldn't – A, I don't think coaches or players should be allowed to have any electronic devices on the bench, in the bullpen. I think once you head that, hit that field, I think all that stuff should be locked away in a locker and verified by the umpires that none of that stuff exists on the bench because, to me, if you're a team that's looking for that kind of an edge – you are getting into New England Patriots territory, which isn't a good place to be. No, it isn't. The game has gone to analytics. I mean, AI has taken over the game, and uh, you're right. I mean, it's, it gets to a point where, you know, at some point you've got to put the brakes on it and uh, say it's kind of an intrusion to the game. Uh, but, yeah, everything's got a speed metric on it, and, it, and, it, and basically they're monitoring the speed of the ball and, you know, the angles that the players take. And, um, you know, it, it's fascinating. And, uh, you know, these these whoop watches and stuff that are watching and monitoring their heart rates during the game and things like that and their sleeping rates, I mean, I, I don't know. It just gets uh, bigger and bigger. Now, Mike, what do you uh, think as a Yankee fan just about the whole thing, what it will do to the rivalry, all of that? Well, I mean, first of all, I'm, I'm, as, as a longtime baseball fan, you know, you can't say that stealing signs isn't part of the game because it has been for forever. You know, you're talking about 51 and Bobby Thompson and, and Ralph Branca. I mean, you remember, I think it was last year in a, in a Mets-Yankees game, a declining Mark Teixeira driving Hansel Robles of the of the Mets crazy because mm-hmm. he thought he was stealing signs. And actually, you know, Teixeira now works for ESPN, and he said, you know, I wasn't stealing signs, but once I knew it was driving him crazy, I just started doing more and more of it because it was throwing him off. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's a mental game as much as it is, uh, you know, an, an actual trying to uh, get information. But it's supposed to be, you know, what you can see, not what, you know, you can see off of an Apple uh, watch or a camera or picking it up off, off a monitor. I mean, we know that, you know, ESPN and all these broadcast networks, they're zeroing in on the catcher and on what sign he's giving. And, you know, the catcher goes through a whole bunch of signs. And if they can pick it up, great. But that should be what they can pick up on the field. You know, the, the catcher is putting down his thing, you know, putting down his hand in between his legs for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, I, I think going down the road of, you know, a periscope or a telescope or whatever to to gain access to that, I mean, I think is going above and beyond. And, you know, I think the Red Sox are going to end up getting fined for this. But, you know, there's not going to be any kind of, like, games taken away or anything of that nature. It's part of the game, but they got caught with their hand in the cookie jar, which seems to be par for the course in Boston. Now, Nico, what, what's your take? Rob Manfred really – hasn't done much in the way of reacting to this other than saying, yeah, it goes on in the game, but most everybody's expecting more, and and so far they haven't really dropped any kind of hammer. If if, if Major League Baseball doesn't drop a hammer, this is going to become more widespread, don't you think? Oh, yeah. If a batter knows that a fastball is coming, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the that's the key to, to the to hitting. I yeah. mean, if you know beforehand, if you get like a little buzz on your on your wrist and it tells you a curveball is coming every time, every time that curveball is coming, you already know ahead of time because you've got the buzz on the wrist. You're going to be sitting dead curveball and then you're going to knock it, hit the curveball. And here's like I said, if that that's a way that, that's basically uh, it's not the game. Basically, it's not baseball when you know exactly what's coming, and, and that's what makes the game so great when you don't know what's coming, and it makes it so challenging. Well, yeah. This so, is, this, damn, this is this is where I, you know, the the game has been sanitized. You know, there's no there's no brush back anymore. Uh, you know, there's throwing behind batters and things of that nature. And I remember, you know, hearing I think it was Bob Gibson or some old time baseball pitcher. You know, you couldn't you couldn't dig in 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 the batter's box on on Gibson, but if you dared to look like try to catch a peek in between the catcher's mm-hmm. legs of what sign he was giving, and you were in the batter's box, you were a dead man. And there's no yeah. there's no ramifications for doing something like that anymore. And I think the league has sort of ha- has to has to you know be the arbiter of uh, some sort of pain here when it comes to the Red Sox that you're not allowed to do that. It's not crying over spilt milk. This is something where you're getting a, a, a direct advantage by finding out if you can figure out what signs they're giving and what, which one is the key sign, you have a big advantage. So you've got to punish them. Yeah, I, Nico, i got to tell you, if I was a pitcher and I had a feeling that this was going on during the game, I'd hit a guy. I wouldn't care how long you suspended me for. Wow, that's that's big because you know every game is important right now, uh-huh. and it's like you you know in the mindset you can't have these thoughts like uh, Mike said there. It can just get into your mind and can fester, and then like I said, once players know uh, it's getting to you, they're throwing you off your game. They're gonna fake like they're doing it, so it's like uh, you know you you just got to go out there and play the game. Well, no, not that's letting great. Things, you know, I, and then uh, when they fake you. right, but when they fake like they're doing it, I'm not gonna fake it with a pitch inside. I'm gonna legit hit them. 
I'm well, not yeah, that's the key, though, too, when you mix up the signs and say they think a fastball is the two sign, and you put the two sign, you actually throw a curveball. So it's like, you know, it, it's a constant game of changing the signs up. I mean, uh, everybody knows the number one is the fastball. It's been that way all forever, you know what I mean? Why don't the yeah. four be the fastball? Mix it up, you know. And then, like I said, so when they're thinking it's a forkball, you actually throw in the fastball. I mean, it would I mean, be refreshing. It would be refreshing to see like a veteran basically just ignore the catcher sign, like let him put the sign down, and then throw like an EFIS pitch just to make the batter look bad. I think that would be good too. I, I do think that would help. Well, uh, it better be a strike. You, you, I mean, right. the thing is, you can't you can't waste any pitches now. I mean, no, I just look at they're they're walking batters now, and all they have to do is point a finger now. So it's like every every pitch is like gold. We'd have sure. to get Dave LaRoche out of retirement, Russ, to throw the EFIS pitch, though. I know somebody that knows Dave LaRoche, so maybe uh, maybe that's possible. But we'll we'll leave this alone. But I'm hoping it doesn't become widespread. Uh, I'm sure. ESPN and others love it because it'll add to the Red Sox Yankees rivalry, but it, it to me it just you know it, it leaves a little stain. Something something else to talk about. This is a time of year when a lot of young players get a chance to play. You know, we saw Reese Hoskins get hot for about a week and a half. Uh, he certainly has slowed down. JP Crawford just made his debut against the Mets yesterday, and when the Phillies were routing the Mets, he he got a hit, so he got his first major league hit. He's playing again tonight. You know, we've seen uh, Ahmed Rosario play for the Mets until he got injured. We've seen Dominic Smith. So there's a lot of guys, Nico, that are that are getting their time now since their teams are out of it. And I'm just kind of wondering that that's probably – that may be the time of the year when you got your, your at-bats. I'm just kind of wondering what it's like for these players to sort of make that connection – with the fans and put their stamp on things to try and make things better for them for next year. It's big time. I mean, this is the time to shine. And you're looking at a position like first base, it's all Dominic Smith for the next 10 years. I mean, yeah. that's what that's what he's there for. And, oh, my God, the Mets need it so bad if yeah. they can get a player like him to produce some numbers here um, because, um, you know, the, the future is, it looks very, very grim for the Mets, uh, you know, th- this year is a, is a pretty good example of what the future, uh, you know, holds for them if they don't get some of these young uh, players producing and get some speed in the lineup. No, I agree. And, and Smith's got four homers so far. Hopefully he'll catch a little fire. He's only hitting 182. So, you know, let him let him get out all the, uh, all the quirks now. Now, Mike, with the um, – with a team like the Yankees, they're not doing that this year because they're in it. But it looks like they have to win the division to sort of make a path to the playoffs. Otherwise, wild card doesn't look great for them. Well, they're two and a half up on, I believe it's Minnesota right now. It's either Minnesota or the LA Angels um, mm-hmm. of Anaheim. Um, and so, and they're and they're three and a half, and soon to be four and a half behind the Red Sox because the Red Sox are beating the, the hapless Blue Jays right now. Um, so, I mean, I, th- I think they're still in a decent shape for a while for the first wild card, but obviously you want to win the division. I mean, yeah. it, it, whatever, let's just say this for the Red Sox, for the Yankees, it's going to be a tough road to hoe when it comes to the American league, because Houston loading up with Verlander, Cleveland is red hot. 
you know, the Yankees were not expected to be, you know, in this race this year. No. It was it was supposed to be a lot of the young guys. They, you know, like you were talking about Dominic Smith and, and Rosario, they were probably going to bring up Glaber Torres at some mm-hmm. point during the year. But he, you know, he hurt himself in uh, in Buffalo in a, in a minor league game and uh, had to have Tommy John surgery. Otherwise, I think he would be up there. They probably wouldn't have made the trade for Frazier, and uh, you know, they would have probably gone the youth route, and maybe they would have stayed in the race. But it would have, the, the 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 year would have had would have taken a different, much different turn. So I I think you know they're they're still in they're still trying to do both things. They're in development mode and they're in win mode, that they're trying to do both things at the same time. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Nico, what do you think? I mean, two and a half is not a lot. I'm looking at Minnesota's schedule. They play another game with Tampa. They play one, two, three, four against the Royals, a couple against the Padres, four against the hapless Blue Jays, three against the Yankees, which will be a biggie, four Detroit, three against Cleveland late in the year, which won't matter, and then to finish out the year with Detroit – that's not a hard schedule. No, but when you look at the Yankees, I think the Yankees are going to make a run. And I, don't, I don't think anyone's going to take the wild card away from the Yankees. I mean, they'll probably be either that first or second wild card. Uh, they just got uh, they got too many, you know, young phenoms. And like I said, they got a mixture of uh, veterans. Now Holiday finally swinging the bat. It looks like he's, uh, you know, going to lead them through the playoffs, and they're going to really need them too. I, I actually, I actually think the thing that the the Yankees have to be most concerned about when it comes to you know if they make the playoffs and when they make the playoffs is you know which one of the starters do you start in a wild card game? Probably would be Severino because he's statistically been the most consistent of their of their starting pitchers. But their bullpen, in spite of what you know the the assets that they expired to or they they used to to bring in uh, players like. Uh, like Canley and and Robertson, I mean the best most consistent reliever has been Chad Green and you know uh, Araldis Chapman's been a tire fire and Dylan Batances yesterday could not get his fastball over the over the plate and threw up threw up a meatball to Manny Machado that cost him the game. So is it overuse? Get... Are they getting overused? No, I, I don't I don't think it's overuse because you know, Girardi has been pretty pretty good in terms of like not. Not not loading up uh, the innings on his bullpen. I mean, it could be overuse with Chapman and the fact that he was overused by Joe Madden mm-hmm. in, in, with Chicago last year. He's he's been on the DL once this year. Um, that might be the case, but not with Batances. With Batances, it's control problems, and I think he gets verklempt at certain times of the of the game. And yesterday, you know, he couldn't. He was throwing curveball after curveball, couldn't get his fastball over, and then everybody knew he was throwing a curveball. And that you can't have that from a closer. No, that's true. I mean, that's that's a pretty big deal. Now I'm looking at the Angels' schedule. It's not the hardest schedule either. I mean, they've got Oakland. They do have three with Seattle and three with Houston. Texas. Cleveland, Cleveland, will it matter at that point? I don't know. Three more with Houston, it may not matter with them at that point. Well, it really doesn't, actually. Um, four with the White Sox, closing out three with Seattle at home. Not terrible. I like the Angels. We talked about them on the last show. I call them yeah. a sleeper here, and they just keep sleeping. They're going to sleep their way all the way, it looks like, to the wild card because, you know, Mike Trout's back. And for the Angels to just kind of hang in there, and, uh, and 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 endure 
the loss of Mike Trout for a good number of games, and to have him back and healthy, man, I'd love to see him in the postseason and what he can do because, uh, you know, it's about time he starts really earning his money. Well, I think he's been earning his money. I mean, he's, to me, he's the best player in baseball. But In the postseason. Yeah, in the postseason, I get it. I, I get what you're saying. And you're right. So let's see, the Yankees schedule, let's look at that. Yeah, I, I, I have it up here. They, they play Baltimore five times, one more mm. uh, tomorrow, uh, four at Yankee Stadium, at Texas, at Tampa, uh, four at home against um, – or three at home against Minnesota, then at Toronto. And Toronto always, no matter how bad the Blue Jays are sometimes, Toronto – them Yeah, they always work themselves into a lather to play the Yankees. Then uh, one against Kansas City, three more against Tampa, and then they end with three in New York against the Blue Jays. So they play the Blue Jays six times. So this is not going to be easy for the Yankees. And actually, you can make the argument, Nico, that these games against Baltimore, like the World Series for Baltimore, they're only a game out. So they're going to they're going to play that Buck Showalter is going to going to play every last inch of those games. Yeah, they do. I mean, uh, every like I said, we're getting down to the dog days now, and it was a good pickup by Helix, and it's good to see them. And you know, it's kind of refreshing to get a get a fresh arm in there in the starting rotation and get some wins. Are you worried about the Buck Showalter effect there, Mike? Uh, used to be a Yankee manager a long time ago. No, Buck, Show, Buck Showalter has pretty much been owned by both Torrey and Girardi whenever he's come in with it, with any other with any other team. I mean, I think he's a good manager, but um, I think it's it's more about the, more about how he manages a what I think other than Britain is a pretty substandard bullpen and a rotation that he's put together with like you know spit and bailing wire. It's just not. It, I, I'm more scared about guys like uh, Scope and and uh, Machado who are good or you know hitting close to 30 home runs or over 30 home runs. They have a lineup that's very that's pretty scary. So. That that's I, I that's what I'm more concerned about, not not Buck Walters machinations. Okay, and just some other things going on. Let's talk a little bit about the National League. Uh, we've got no problem with Washington. The Cubs, Cubs are not quite there yet, but they're going to be in the playoffs. I think Dodgers are Dodgers. They're they're long in it. Uh, yeah, but but they're, they're but they've lost nine in a row. It's, it doesn't I mean, even matter. It it, does, it mean it may not matter in terms of you know like I mean they're gonna fin- they're gonna finish they're gonna finish first. But Corey even with Seager, nine in a row, they still only have forty six losses. Right, but Corey Seager's elbow is hurt. Yeah, um, it may it may affect him in the playoffs. You know, you've always got the concerns with them with their with the health of of uh, their their top pitchers yeah, Kershaw and stuff. Yep. And Kershaw. So I mean, you know, maybe it's good to get your losing streak out of the out of the way right now. Maybe. But still, I mean, I think it's a little bit of a concern for them. Yeah, I would have to say the St. Louis is hanging in there. Milwaukee, I don't put much much hope for them. But Arizona is up six and a half in the wild card. And Nico, they're they're having all kinds of trouble with that stadium. They they're threatening moving if they can't get it fixed. You're out in that area. What's the latest on that? And and they're basically their infrastructure problems. Yeah, the the latest is they do not own the stadium, and and the stadium is owned by the county, 
And that uh-huh. makes it difficult for a team to maneuver and kind of get the developments that the stadium needs. They got to go through the county and they're kind of bickering over who's going to, uh, you know, put the money into the repairs and, you know, this, you know, it's, it's about 20 years old. So it's like they're in a decision because they can just build a new one or repair, you know, the current one. And it's all a matter of, you know, the Diamondbacks, you know, if they owned it, they want to put all the money into it, of course. And that's what the position that they want to be. And like I said, the county's got to be make a decision on whether to sell it. And the price has got to be enough to where, uh, you know, the Diamondbacks feel it's worth it, uh, you know, to, you know, because if they're going to pay a, an enormous amount, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to buy that old one, they might as well just build a new one. So, you know, they're in a dilemma. Yeah. Well, and in the meantime, they're playing great baseball. They just won 12 games in a row. They're on a hot streak. They got yeah. J.D. Martinez in from the Tigers, yep. and uh, and and they're just they're just on a roll. Tory Lavello's up for Manager of the Year. You got to give him credit. He just come in there, and it was in shambles and shakers. At the end of the year, you had no clue where they were going. You thought they were just going to be somewhere near the bottom, but they're right there battling. And they just swept the Dodgers, so they got a good chance to be in that World Series. I mean, they're not giving up. And Zach Greinke at sixteen and six has a real shot at the at at the Cy Young, and that's a pretty good story too because they did pay a lot of money for him. And last year he wasn't great, thirteen and seven. So this is a nice year for Greinke. It is. It's a phenomenal year for Greinke, and you know, and I've been so hard on him since I've been here, and I've been scouting, and yeah, what a disastrous year last year was. I just felt, yeah, what a waste of money, and we got to get rid of him somehow. He's, $200 million contract, and it's like, what are we going to do? we got to get wins. But now, like I said, he's definitely earned his money. Everyone's forgot about the big contract and how much money he makes. They're just thinking about winning a World Series, and then it kind of uh, works itself out. Yeah, and you mentioned J.D. Martinez, who uh, had, what, his second four-homer game this year? I mean, crazy. I think he had homers in the final three innings, which, um, again, is, is crazy. That, Nico, do we do we credit him? Do we credit the uh, juiced-up baseball? What do, you, what do you think we credit with for this? Uh, we give credit to the Tigers, who are just, uh, I mean, they just have no, I guess, uh, sense when it how, you know, what players that they need to win it, you know, and letting Verlander go and letting mm-hmm. J.D. Martinez go. And it's like everybody's gone now. Looks like uh, Martinez is probably won't be back. Um, but, yeah, how do you let J.D. Martinez go? I mean, the, the Diamondbacks, I mean, they actually got better after the break. And like I said, uh, they're going to give the Dodgers a run for their money for that West. Or maybe they may not win the West. But like I said, when it comes playoff time, they're going to be ready. Yeah, actually, and Martinez didn't have two four-homer games. It was the second one this year. That's what was getting mixed up in my mind. But he's the 18th player to hit four in a game. Mike? Yeah, the, the Tigers are in a, in, a, in a rebuild now. I mean, if they, yeah. if they can, I, I'm pretty sure you're going to hear a lot of Miguel Cabrera trade talk. And, and the thing is, I don't think anybody's going to be uh, stupid enough to take that, con- take that contract off of their hands. I mean, he's a, for- he's a great player. He has been a great player. He he's having an off year right now. But I don't know if he's reached the age where, you know, he's going to simply just be a DH. And, you know, when you're paying a, a DH, I think he's making around $30 million. I mean, how much does he weigh? I mean, that's that's the problem with Miguel Cabrera. I mean, Nico, yeah. he, he he's a guy that 
used to be the best hitter in baseball, but certainly a guy who you worried about as far as working out and staying in shape. Yeah, his size. He's such a big man, you know, in itself. Even though if he, if he, you know, if he doesn't really watch himself, he can get, you know, you know, way ahead of himself. And then it looks like that's where he's at, kind of right now. And it's hard for him to keep that greatness, you know, when you're constantly aging. And then, like I said, when you got the weight and the age going against you, and you don't have that internal like speed. Speed is not his thing, and he doesn't have that uh, that um, I guess um, that. Um, I guess within his foundation of just a lot of running, you know, he's needed to kind of try maybe get up in the morning at five in the morning and do a little bit more jogging and more running and add that to his, um, his yeah, repertoire. He, he's, he's currently he's listed really at two forty. He's listed yeah. at two forty. Yeah. And, and if he was, if he was having a good year, I mean, the team that is crying out right now for a cleanup hitter of the, of the cal- caliber uh, that, that he is, the Cabrera is, is the Red Sox. I mean, right now they're doing everything with pitching and, and great outfield defense and, you know, pretty good infield defense, and they don't have a cleanup hitter. And there's already, you know, there's been some rumors about Giancarlo Stanton. And, but if Cabrera was, was hitting like he is in the past, I think the Red Sox would probably be willing to, to take him on. But after the Sandoval contract and the money that they're spending right now, there's, I don't think there's any way they, may, they trade for him. And the reported cost for a Stanton would probably start with, you know, Ben Attendee and a couple of their top prospects, and I don't think they're doing that either. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's an interesting situation with the, with those guys. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's these are all things that heading into the off season will uh, will be a big key right now. This is this has been a fun year. We'll uh, we could have said that maybe the Dodgers would run away with it, but then. We've made an argument that they might not. Astros have been my team all year. I'm probably going to stay with them, but boy, there's just so much going on. You just never know. So this is fun. We'll uh, we'll pick this back up next week, or yeah, I think next week we'll uh, we'll get back at it. That's it for the game, and we'll catch everybody next time. <laughs>